Home is your creative canvas, an expression of your unique style. Only Wayfair has everything you need to bring your vision to life. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas and beds to dining sets and decor. Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on the big stuff. They'll even help you set it up. Look, I have an eclectic style, but when I go on Wayfair, they've got such a huge selection of items for the home that there are things that fit me and I know others that will fit everybody else. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. Food trends come and go, but there's one that never seems to go out of style. The classic chocolate chip cookie. Oh, my favorite. And famous Amos chocolate chip cookies are as classic as it gets, truly. They're made from the original recipe you know and love. I'm talking semi-sweet chocolate chips, a satisfying crunch. All together in a cookie you can't help but eat in one bite. It's everything classic in a cookie. Find famous Amos cookies anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hey everybody, it's Andy Cohen here with John Hill. Hey John. Hey hon. Well babe, we had a big week. Lots happened. We went very deep about the Britney book. Also, we talked to Stuart Copeland uh, from The Police, who I love. And I want to get right into it because I read the Britney book so y'all don't have to. I mean, and by the way, you may want to, and I'm not Mm -hmm. suggesting you don't buy the book. Buy the book. I spent all, yesterday I had a very busy day. But I carried my Britney book with me everywhere. I was in a car going uptown, midtown, everywhere. And I just read, read, read while I was in traffic. And then I read last night. Um, and I finished it. I It is very sad. Mm. I My heart really goes out to Britney. Um, forces against her the whole time, from her parents to the media to men who she she picked the wrong guys and just i feel so sad for her and i just i hope she does i hope she is able to find peace she's got a lot of anger which is justified hate to quote the title of one of he who shall not be named (laughs) albums but um you know she she's been through it and I, i i just i feel for her the book is simply written. Mm-hmm. It is a somewhat of a stream of consciousness. I mean, I'm sure she worked with someone who helped her organize her her thoughts. They are kind of a lot of vignettes. It's I'm getting I'm getting the critique out. It's right. a bit repetitive. Mm-hmm. It is very repetitive, actually. Like she'll say, I mean. She really repeats herself as it goes on. The timeline is odd. It, you know, it's it's I mean it's yeah, chronological. It well, no, it starts at the beginning. It's chronological, but it just it's a little scattered, which makes me think that she she was very 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 involved in not only what went into this book, what what stayed in and how it was presented. I think she was I think she clearly, you know, got to, you know, this is her book. This is mm-hmm. absolutely her book. Um, she, her father just seems terrible. 
he, yeah. it, you know, her grandfather, and she, I thought this was kind of her to point out, because she did it as a service to her father, and it's, you know, it really shows that hurt people hurt people, because her grandfather was apparently intensely abusive and terrible to Britney's father. Mm. And so that's how he grew up. And it sounds like he then passed that torture on to Britney and Britney's horrible mother. Lynn Spears comes off horribly as well. Really? I'm surprised by that. Nope. And she, it sounds like her best times with Lynn were in the early days when Britney was about 13. They would drive kind of two hours to Biloxi or Baton Rouge or somewhere and get get drinks. I can't remember what they were, like Dark and Stormies or something. And she was like the chip dice. They would get the chip dice just right in the drink and just a little bit of alcohol. She was 13 and she was like, and we were fun drunks, not like our daddy. You know, we, we, we had fun. And we laughed and we giggled and we were silly. And those were some of her best memories with her mom. Um, and I wasn't surprised. I was expecting maybe a reconciliation even with Lynn. She's got a lot of anger for the mom. Wow. And as a matter of fact, she says towards the end of the book uh, on page 251, it's when she is trying. It's when she is trying to get out of her conservatorship. And she says, um, it was time to find God again. In that moment, I made peace with my family, by which I mean that I realized I never wanted to see them again. And I was at peace with that. And I was like, wow, (laughs) that is being at peace with her family. She talks about shooting crossroads. Mm-hmm. She's and method acting. That I read. is what I found out. She now, but is much... it wasn't the character basically her? Yes, she very much was immersive <laughs> in that character. And then she found herself at a drugstore with a girlfriend a couple weeks after okay. filming, and 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 that was when they were looking through makeup, and that was when she got out of her character. She was like, "Oh my god." I went into the drugstore feeling like whoever, and when I left, I was back to being Brittany again. And there were some roles that she did not take because she was so, they were too dark, and she was like, I do not want to live in those bones for six months. Like, I am so method that I would live in those bones. I was like, oh my God. She points out a lot of double standards that she went through with journalists that I wholeheartedly understand. And I have to say, Especially given how it, it it reaffirmed to me, I do not like, I never like having anyone under 21 on Watch What Happens Live. And it's yeah. only a handful of people that we've allowed to do that. Because not only do I think the show is inappropriate for people under 21 sure. to watch, um, but to be guessed, just the way that I ask my questions and I style, it doesn't seem appropriate. So the idea, and and Brittany points out the double standards that she faced from the media versus how Justin was treated by Diane Sawyer or Ryan Seacrest versus how she was, um, made me really sad. And it made me look at myself a bit and how I question people. And it made me 
glad that I, you know, that I cut it off. I try to handle with care. Um, so it, it just reaffirmed that and it reaffirmed how challenging that was for her. And I know the Smith sisters just played a clip of Diane Sawyer. Y'all should listen to some of those Diane Sawyer clips. They're brutal. She says to Brittany, do you like your voice? And it's so bitchy. And it's like something I would ask Kim Zolciak. But Kim Zolciak <laughs> is, you know, a, 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 right. you know, a woman. She's a full grown, you know, whatever. And so I stand by asking Kim. But like, it's terrible. Um, so there was that. You know, she's been chased by the paparazzi forever. That could make you crazy. She does mention, um, and it, as I said, it's a bit repetitive. She does mention in the back half that it what it's reading between the lines, and you don't even really have to read between the lines, but it sounds like she did have some kind of an issue with energy pills that's what i was reading yeah i mean does that mean adderall well no she says she had a problem with adderall and she says and it sounds like basically the conservatorship and her parents rule and all this stuff she says she had so much anger and she got very mean she didn't have a way to express her anger the paparazzi coming after her all this stuff shaving her head was an act of expressing her anger she said and um i get it too yeah. And but she keeps referencing these energy pills, like hydroxycut. She didn't say what they were, but she and she puts in italics over the counter. They were right. over <laughs> the counter, and but it sounds like her yeah. father and her parents and the lawyers all said to her. It sounds like they all thought this was a huge problem, and they kept saying, "If we find these energy things in your purse." then that means you're doing even more than this. They were saying this was a gateway to someone else. The irony is that while they had her under the conservatorship, they had her working like a dog. Right, she maybe needed the energy. And so maybe she needed the energy to walk, you know, to do all these shows and to do everything she can. And she says she recorded Glory while she was under the conservatorship. She did several tours. She won a VMA. She shot videos. So she was too mentally unstable to live on her own and make her own decisions. But she could be Britney Spears and make her dad that vile scumbag. He should give that money back to her, by the way. She was fine to make her dad all this money. Now, two intersections that I had with Brittany made me rethink those intersections. One was um, I interviewed Brittany the first, no, the first time I met her, I went backstage um, for a, for a sound check, I went. Sarah Jessica took Hickey and I because Britney was a huge Sex in the City fan. And right. every year I got a Christmas card of me and someone famous. And I really wanted Britney. And Sarah said, Well, I hear she's a fan. I could take you and then you could get your picture and then I'll say hi to Brittany, whatever. And so Sarah did that for me as a favor. Which Where was, was this? Really incredible. It was the sound check before a gig at Madison Square Garden. Wow. And, um, 
she was so shy and Felicia, her longtime assistant, was there and she was so excited to meet Sarah Jessica and I got my picture. That was the first time I met her. And then um, I went and interviewed her and I write about this in the first Andy Cohen Diaries book. I interviewed her for her album release party, I think for Glory. And her manager at the time, I think it was Larry Rudolph, thought that it would be a good way for me to, um, you know, get to know her. And then if I got to know her, maybe someday she would do Watch What Happens Live because she didn't like going on shows where she didn't know the host. And the reason she would always go on Ellen was because she had a relationship with her. And this would be a way for me to build my relationship with her. So I flew to L.A. to just interview her. This was something not shown on television or anything. It was a invited album listening party. Now, our friends, Randy Barbado and um, Fenton Bailey from The Wow Report, of course, they had told me, I said, well, what can I expect? Because they were shooting an hour kind of documentary on Britney for MTV or VH1 at the time. And they said, basically, and I don't think Britney had come out at the time and said she was under a conservatorship, but they said, there's this woman who is at Britney's side at all times, and she basically tells her what to do and where to go, and it's really creepy. And I get there... And this woman was there, and it was like Britney was her, you know, it was like Britney was her captive. She was her captor. Now, Britney mentions her by name in the book a lot and how much she hated her. And I'm Mm. not going to mention her name because I don't want to get sued. But um, she, it was really creepy. Really? Um, Wow. Yeah, it was really creepy. Uh, I never, never let her out of her sight. Oh, no. And whispering in her ear before everything. And we're sitting up there on stage with me and Brittany and Will I Am. And she comes up, says something in her ear. And Brittany's like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I remember they brought me in to meet Brittany before the interview. And I was in some room. And they brought Brittany in a birthday cake. And they're like, happy birthday, Brittany. Surprise. And Brittany Brittany goes, it's not my birthday. My birthday was last month. And I'm like, what are they doing? You know, and it was clearly for the cameras and it was just also weird. weird. And, it, you know, the second thing that I want to say is you recall and we got a lot of laughs out of it and I was really made fun of out of it. And I there was so much speculation about it here at Radio Andy and then on Watch What Happens Live. And I posted on my Instagram when I was brought on stage to be Britney's kind of bitch yeah. at yeah. her, I can't remember what tour that was. That may have been the Glory Tour. It was part of her Vegas residency. That father of hers never switch up, never let her switch up the show. She just wanted him to add new songs, change it up. She was doing it month after month. They had breaks. It was fully possible to change it. He refused. Um, so... She talks about then doing the shows and how she she says the piece of me tour. That's what it was. She says that she was as a form of rebellion. She would sleepwalk on stage is what she called it. And she would just sleepwalk through her show. 
And she said, my fans and everybody else wanted to see me whip my hair around like crazy. Mm -hmm. She said, I would wear these really tight wigs and I wouldn't move my head at all (laughs) as a form of rebellion. And she said, and when she said she slept walk through, she was sleepwalking on stage as a form of rebellion, that that explained everything to me for what she was like on stage. And I know, by the way, that, you know, when artists are on stage and they've been doing a tour forever, sometimes, you know, I'm sure Cher, when she was doing her... um, Oh, yeah, I saw Cher uh, sleep talk. Right, farewell tour. I think we may have seen it together. Um, Maybe not. Did we see it? But I liked it. Yeah, no, I mean... We did see it together. But so... I think she was doing that and that and I always wondered how do I describe how Britney was on stage that day and she didn't know who I was and she was super out of it and of course and as I've said many times I didn't expect her to know who I was um but she was out of it and that's exactly what she was doing she was sleepwalking through the, that show at Radio City and all others and it really Help me understand that there is a I, I did put flaps down on this on two pages. I just want to say, oh, this is wild. So she, by the way, I forgot about this. She dated one of the paparazzi. Do you remember that? She wound up. No. Dating one of oh, them. Well, yeah, I did, because I heard she wanted to be more in control of of it. She wanted a little bit of a feeling of control over it. Is that accurate? I think so. And then she says, one day the photographer and I were being chased. This was one of the moments with him I'll never forget. We were driving fast near the edge of a cliff. I don't Mm. know why, but I decided to pull a 360 right there on the edge. Mm. I honestly didn't even know I could do a 360. It was completely beyond me. So I think it was God, but I stuck it. Um, The back wheels of the car stopped on what seemed like the very edge and if the wheels had rotated maybe three more times we would have just gone off the cliff i looked at him he looked at me we could have just died i said i felt so alive oh then the next paragraph i didn't know then that the photographer was married i had no clue that i was essentially his mistress i only found that up after we'd broken up i just thought he was a lot of fun and our time together was incredibly hot. He was 10 years older than me. Um, everywhere I went, the paparazzi was there. And then it's just so sad. It's just so sad. But it's it's wild. It's a mess. I, I just hope that she finds peace. I hope she finds peace. That's all I can do. I mean, saying. while it is an, you know, an inappropriate and a kind of violent thing to say, I do think the Wendy Williams quote you know death to all of them was a very visceral reaction to wendy looking at all of this shit she'd been it's through true. it's like no it's true I mean, you're it's, right it's vile what they did to her it, it is and you know we don't know the whole story mm-hmm. um about how much she was able to control but the uh, this is my issue the idea that this father of hers put himself in charge and was on the grift and on the make, if he really cared about her, he would have put someone who, I don't know, someone who maybe, I don't know who, someone who could have kept her healthy and and let her make creative decisions and 
you know, work or right. not something work or whatever. Above board, something more above board instead of, you know, just nefarious, shadowy figures. Yeah. We're going to be back with Stuart Copeland from the police on Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis, which could lead to psoriatic arthritis. But Cosentix treats both. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, 300 milligram dose, and adults with active psoriatic arthritis, 150 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Stuart Copeland's The Police Diaries is out today from Rocket uh, 88 Books, uh, and it's available online, and it's such a cool book. You know, it's funny. Um, Gina Shock was here a year or two ago. Uh, I love Gina Shock from too. the Go-Go's. I know you do, and I know the Go-Go's and the police had like- uh, Oh, we had so much had a fun vibe, with the Go-Go's. You know, Gina put out a kind of- Similar. This is more. This is hers. Is more pictures and memories. Yours is more journal. It's everything. But I wonder, were you at all inspired by Gina's book about the Go Go's that she put out? I did not know that she had a book, but I oh, will rush to I a want bookstore you to, to check get it out. It. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're in. Well, it, the Go Go's were the most fun yeah. act to tour with ever. Yeah, because we were kind of jaded at the time. Yeah, but they were brand new and they were experiencing their first hit. And they were they would go out and just wake up the stadium because they wow. were just so much fun on stage. Yeah, yeah. You know, no competition or anything because they're so different. Yeah. But they would just wake the place up and do half our work for us before we got there. I... Fortunately, that tour ended the day before they knocked us off the number one spot on the charts. Isn't that amazing? Thank God we would not have been able to attend the sound check that day. Because you would have been so just... Well, actually, no. We 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 because you love. We were very them, happy so, for them. Yeah, In fact, yeah, yeah. They reminded us of how cool it is to have a hit. Right, right, right. You know, um, you and Sting didn't vibe musically that much. That was something that you. you... Uh, that's the opposite. Okay. Uh, we vi- we did vibe musically very much when we first met. You know, I I called him up out of the blue. Yeah. When he was in Newcastle, and right he couple of weeks later i get the phone rings and hello it's sting i'm downstairs in the street in the phone booth downstairs and he right. came he came up to uh where i was at and i gave him handed him a bass and jumped behind the drums and set the heart the controls for the heart of the cosmos we just took off instant connection but you had previously said of working with him we get along fine socially but musically we drive each other a uh, little crazy yes so that what is that years mean? later that was seven years later okay when um we had both grown up musically got and it we did diverge that is true so during the course of your evolution 
you it got a little tougher musically as well, happens yeah as happens and yeah. as he became more affirmed and and um you know as he was writing these hits yeah and learning we recorded one album album after the other yeah and andy and i both were studio rats but for sting down fresh down from newcastle it was all new at first right and at first it was oh gosh you guys like my song so uh sure want to play it faster no problem but then he began to have much more command of his art yes and he knew exactly how everything should go and it was not necessarily the same as how the other two guys thought it should go and as the songwriter, he yeah. was not entirely wrong to right. uh, insist on uh, his original concept. Every Breath You Take. It's arguably your most well-known song as a group. You once referred to it as Sting's best song with the worst arrangement. No. With an utter lack of groove. <laughs> this is a quote from oh, you. Oh, come on. I you said it was a wasted opportunity for our band. When would I ever have said that? Where, where, who are you quoting there? This is you. From where? I don't know. Neither do I. Well, okay, we're going to find no, out. No, it was- You're um, not- You I've, don't- Because I've, I've often spoken- You don't stand by that. No, yeah. I don't. No, you don't. Because okay. it is a great arrangement. Yes, okay. You know, Sting wrote one of the best songs ever written, and Andy okay. came up with one of the best guitar parts ever written. All right. Did y'all make Major Mint out of P. Diddy sampling that for I'll Be Missing You? Uh, No. <laughs> Who would have made that money? The the writer of the song? The record company that didn't pay up. No. Well, it's a well, long Well, you need story. to go get that money. Oh, who cares? It's water under the bridge. It's a lot of money. Well, it, what is also not true yes. is the part where uh, he said at one point, I have to pay Sting $5,000 a day or something. Right. Which yeah. I love that story. Yeah, especially I ironic wish, given that oh, none of you got your money. Please let it be true. Right. That's funny. Yeah, I've asked Sting that before, and I th oh, he did. did he say? He, I think he said exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You you wrote. He said, "Wait a minute, where's the check?" Right. You wrote in this book um, that you checked the books of your fellow band members yes. as you were working on this book, and you were sometimes surprised by their recollections. Yes. And you say that you have the receipts, and what's funny Indeed is, I, do. I mean, this book is actually all receipts. That quite truck literally costs seven I mean, quid. Yeah, right. I've exactly. got the receipt. Yes. What, what was there anything that you felt especially kind of victorious being able to put in this book that kind of, as history has been rewritten about oh, the evolution of the band? Yeah. Well, anything in particular well, that you want? A couple wanna... things really impressed me. One was that we stuck together. We didn't have Roxanne at first. We didn't have Message in the Bottle. We didn't have any Sting songs at all. We just had my crap uh, um, punk, fake punk songs, which were basically bass lines with yelling, yeah. which were kind of utilitarian uh, for to get us into the punk clubs. Sting didn't. So for the first year and a half, we didn't have any of those great songs yet. And that didn't happen until Andy joined. Yeah. So the fact that we stuck together blows my mind. Um, and But the brag, you were asking for little brags? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my favorite, and I'm glad you asked. Okay, is that um, the good. first time the three blonde heads were on national TV? Yes, was as my backing band under the name of Clark Kent. Right, because I made this record. Uh, I sang it even, and I'm a guy who doesn't even sing in the shower. And I played all the guitar, bass, drum. I played all the instruments. And I, by some miracle, the BBC Radio One picked it up and put it on, and which meant equals hit. And so we appear on top of the pops, but I didn't want to appear as like one guy standing there. Right. I, I'm not into solo artists. I like bands. So I got my chuckle buddies up there, uh, and we great. were all incognito. 
And so uh, that's old Stingo there in a gorilla mask miming to my bass line. That's amazing. <laughs> that feels good. He got his revenge. Yes. Um, now, I wanted to ask you, you you're, I mean, you're a very handsome guy. You, uh, you were so beautiful. Uh, w- were you just getting laid constantly when you were in the police? Are you Howard Stern? Because <laughs> that's um, well, exactly what he used to ask back in the well, day. Well, I mean, so I'm guys, me. hey, you can Howard's, lay Howard's a Howard is a big role model of mine. Well, I, I have mean, seven children. There, you do, five really? grandchildren, do and you four really? grand puppies. You have seven kids. I do indeed. Wow, you were really. It was happening for you. Of course, it was. What a beauty. Oh, yeah, and they're yeah. all extremely beautiful. They, are, sure they, are, they the are the wealth. They are the accolades. Everything else, you get Grammys, whatever. You sell lots of records. Who cares? Eventually, that kind of fades. Yes. But the children are the gift that keeps on giving. I Mind have... you, the grandchildren are the reward for having yes, children. Yes, I hear that. Um, if, if, if you want to know the source of your quote yeah. that I quoted earlier. You just looked it up? About every breath you take. Lisa did. It's from an interview Lisa? in- Lisa? Yeah. Step it, this is from an interview in April with Tom Taylor April from this year? Far Out. Yeah. This year I said such Tom an idiot- Taylor from Far Out. You said, It quote, was Andy. In my humble opinion, this is Sting's best song with the worst arrangement. I think Stim could have gotten I the thinking? group to do this song and it would have been better than our version except for Andy's brilliant guitar part. It was a hit the minute we first heard it. Anyway, and it was a. It was what's like, your favorite police song? Oh, okay. Uh, Message in a bottle or Can't Stand Losing You. Um, there are a few actually. King of Pain. Many. One, f- another of the best songs he ever wrote was Bring On the Night. Does it? That is a great song. That's a beautiful song. Does it annoy you to see Sting at his solo shows singing police songs? Not at all. It does not annoy you. I'm because... happy because he's so happy and comfortable and I see him as he should be, singing his beautiful songs. Behind him, he's got his various drummers who he always gets the best drummers yes. who do what he needs, which right. give him a solid platform from which he can leap unto the skies. Are the th- Me, over his left shoulder, I'm a, I'm a walking disaster. Why? Because I like to bang stuff, a lot of it. Why? You, you're of, too fast? You're too punk? Uh, just too noisy in too general. Noisy. He's got World War III. He's singing this right. beautiful song. He's right. got World War III That's over his funny. left shoulder. Still? And I love the man. I love it. He doesn't have to put up with that. Are you and Sting and Andy on a text chain? Absolutely. You are? We send each other dumb Instagram That's clips. That's great. Do yeah. you ever... The part Talk that is about, true is that we get along really great as do. long as we're not in the band. Right. Room. Well, do you ever talk about saying, you know what? Let's go do the sphere for a week or let's go, let's oh, do 10 do. dates. Others do, but you, you don't ever? No. Really? You know, the police is like Man, a Prada suit made that. out of barbed wire. It's really wow. cool. We're all very proud of it. But man, you know, we just don't fit together so well anymore. Even... With that understanding, you don't think you could say, you know what, you guys, look, we here are the four things we fight about the most. Yeah. I drum too loud, you know, you whatever. You don't think that you could, going into by the it, way, know that- By those... the way, I don't drum too loud I... anymore because now I play with symphony orchestra and I right. play at a quarter of the volume that well, I used to play. seems like you could but do But here's this. the problem. Uh, now that I'm playing so quietly, I can do all kinds of persnickety stuff, which is even worse than playing too loud. More annoying. <laughs> yeah. Wow, so you still think y'all just could not pull this off? You know, we, we did the reunion tour, and it was mind-boggling. The response from the audience, it was, the rehearsals were very tough. Right. Um, How long ago was that? 
oh gosh, oh, 15 years ago. Right, like right, that. yeah. And we got, you know, during the tour, we're thinking, how come everybody's having the best tour possible, but two of us are just angry all the time? Really? And so we, 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 we got Who, banned. you and Sting? Yeah, and we got were banned they? therapy. Which sounds kind of icky, oh, but it, it worked. We hey, just that's a show. Got in a room with a that with, is a show. Band therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh and we God, got it with a referee, that. and got it all said. Really, when I saw said this, you thought I meant that, right? When you okay, were good. That. So it worked. Band yeah. therapy. Yeah, and so we got along. How many great. sessions did you do? A uh, couple. Okay, uh, but then. That didn't solve the problem of World War Three going over his left shoulder, and right. uh, there is still, you know, uh, Sting is quiet and deep. I'm noisy and shallow. Okay, uh, we are not birds of a feather. We love each other for what we brought into each other's lives, and he actually is a really good hang. But um, we we make music for different reasons. Was there ever any sexual tension between you and Sting? Of course, all the time. Yes. <laughs> That's what drove your... That's what it was, was all about, That was a will they folks. or won't they? You heard it here first. Yes, I thought so. Andy digs deep. He's very... Howard never asked me that, Sexual. You He's very to. sexual. That's why I ask. He's a very... I mean, I felt sexual tension off. with him. He loves to. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, because I've got a skinny chest. Ever any sexual tension with you and Trudy? I'm sure there was. She's got sexual energy she with everybody. She energy she's, of every She's kind. a viber. She we vibes. love Trudy. Yes, yes. Okay, I'm going to talk out of class here. Nobody's okay. listening, right? No. Okay, off the record? Off the record. One day, somebody stole Trudy's credit card. Okay. Sting was so relieved. <laughs> That's We funny. love Trudy. That she's the really... life of the party. Yes, she is. Yes, she is. The party doesn't stop till Trudy goes to bed. You're right. Yeah. Till Trudy falls asleep. I've never seen that. But, yeah, right. You right. must party longer than me because I've never seen that. That's really funny. Now, I want to talk about you, your most recent album, by the way. You re... You re um, what's the word? Reimagined. Reimagined uh, police songs. Yeah, I just screwed them all up. I messed yeah. them all up. I took the verse from here and put it with the chorus from there. Wow. And then when I finished doing that, I did this for my film that I made years ago, and I called them derangements, which were just messed up versions of police songs. That's a cool name. But then I orchestrated them yeah. and do it for full orchestra uh, with three soul sisters on the mic singing the songs, and that's what I've been the shows that I've been doing for the last couple of years. Right. So we made this album. Did pretty well. Um, got into the classical charts, number two in the crossover charts, wow. number three in the actual classical charts. Come on, folks. Where was Beethoven that week? Yes. Uh, but then my good buddy, uh, Ricky Cage, with whom I won a Grammy last year and another one the, bef the year before that, says, send me those backing tracks. And so I sent them to him, and he fires up the Soweto Gospel Choir, Sui Jan, oh. a Chinese artist. Um we got uh, Serge Tankian singing in Armenia. How about how about this? Every breath you take in Zulu. Well, we've been wanting that. What was You've the reaction of? Yeah, what was Sting and An and Andy's reaction to the? Reef? Well, I sent the Chinese one to Sting. Tea in the Sahara in Chinese is way cool and way out there. Did he love it? He was polite. Wow. <laughs> you know, if you, anybody out there have a big brother? Yeah, you know, right. I, I said him, I was expecting a seven page letter. Right. Thing. Exactly what did you think was right. brilliant? Right. And uh, I got a couple lines. He was very, like right. I say, he was very polite. Right. Yeah. Oh, Stuart Copeland's Police Diaries is out today uh, and available online. It's so fun. The book is, is really, really cool. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. Well, thanks for Really listening. appreciate it. Thank you.
Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through... It's true magic, because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. I went to the opening of Joe Mantello, our friend, directed this new... uh, It is Stephen Sondheim's last thing that he was working on, and it's unfinished... And it's called Here We Are, I believe. And it's at The Shed, which is the new theater at Hudson Yards, which, by the way, is a major fire hazard, I think, this theater. It's on the fourth floor. As far as I can tell, there's only one entrance in and out. Like, it's, I'm a little, I I just hope there's never a fire in there. Um, But that's a side note. Mm. You know, I'm not, little secret. And, you know, don't tell anyone because this could get my gay card removed. But I'm not a huge Sondheim guy, okay? Yeah. Just You're more of a Hello been. Dolly. A little more of a Hello Dolly, hairspray, <laughs> wicked. Just not a Sondheim guy. You know, if you're a Sondheim person, you might say, oh, yeah, that tracks. It's too sophisticated for Andy. Well, whatever it is, I'm just not that guy. So, it was, and it's unfinished, so I walked in a little bit like, you know, I don't know how this is going to be. I went with, I had a great double date. It was me and Barkin and Hickey and Lee Pace. It was the four of us. Did they like the show? Hold on. Barkin, as you know, lives in my building. She was waiting for me in the lobby. And we're we're in the lobby waiting for the Uber who walks in walking her dog, but Sally Field. Um, and so I'm like, well, this is hilarious. It's me and Barkin and Sally. Um, you know, <laughs> just kibitzing, kikiing, kikiing, uh, and we. You know, whatever. That's a little side note. I just thought it was funny that the three of us ran into each other. The truth, it was a very star-studded opening. Chris Rock was there. Paul Rudd, Sarah Paulson, Zach Quinto, on and on and on. Walked in with Chris Rock. We really were just like, oh boy, you know, everything in the world is so great, isn't it? Like, what a time to be alive. And uh, let me tell you something. I 
loved the musical. I mm. capital L loved mm-hmm. it. I thought it was so genius. It was uh it was Good. just great. I Joe did a brilliant job, but also it is about a group of rich people at the end of the world when the world is ending and there's wow. a revolution outside and it's so funny and it's it's just great. It's great, great. And is it great. maybe kind of perfect that it's not finished? Kind of. And it's also it doesn't feel necessarily unfinished. It feels yeah. like they took some maybe big chances in the second act. But um I think it I I absolutely loved it. Joe Mantello is brilliant, as we already knew. I ran into Walter Bobby before the show. Now, Walter Bobby is the director of Chicago. He must be so rich because yeah. it's, I think, the longest running show on Broadway right now. And I was, I made a joke and said, when are you going to put me in Chicago? He goes, do you want to? He goes, yeah. <laughs> come in. He goes, do you want to be like Billy Flynn? I was like, wait a minute. I was like, and my tincture had just kicked in and I'm like, this is kind of a brilliant idea. I kind of love it. I go, I can't, I go, I can't sing. He's like, doesn't matter. Doesn't it's okay. matter. Like you'll, he goes, but we'll don't work you it be out. Big mama. Don't you want to be like, let's, he's like, we'll work it out. Sunshine. He goes, you can kind of talk sing. I said, mm-hmm. oh, interesting. I love the idea of it. I mean, it's hilarious. He said, I think you might sell some tickets. I, I mean, by the way, it would be such a tragedy that, I mean, should I go in and do like a double bill with a housewife? I mean, well, I was going to say, they could what if it was an all Bravo production of Chicago? Yeah, yeah. That would be amazing. And you know what? Because there is that one part, is it Little Mary Sunshine? That could be Anderson. You know, that's kind of like a man in drag. That would be a funny one, too. That's so funny. That's it for this week's show. To hear more, you can listen to John and I weekdays on Radio Andy on Sirius XM. See you back here next week. Thanks, John. Bye. Hi, I'm Cindy Lauper. My scalp was covered with psoriasis. Felt like I was trapped between a rock and a hard place. Then I started Cosentix. Cosentix Secukinumab is prescribed for adults with moderate to severe black psoriasis, 300 milligram dose. Don't use if you're allergic to Cosentix. Before starting, get checked for TB. Serious allergic reactions, severe skin reactions that look like eczema, and an increased risk of infections, some fatal, have occurred. Cosentix may lower ability to fight infections, so tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms like fevers, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, had a vaccine or plan to, or if IBD symptoms develop or worsen. Learn more at Cosentix.com or 1-844-COSENTIX. Cosentix works for me. Ask your doctor about Cosentix. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.